0: Good morning. Good morning. Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22-24. The same stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it, it is, is marvelous, marvelous in our, in our eyes. eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I would love to preach from that passage from John. There's probably enough just in that, that opening dialogue for several sermons, but uh, it's not where I am today, not who I am. <laughs> Maybe one day. But I do want to talk about the, uh, the passage from the New Testament. What do you know? We're coming to the end of what may might always be remembered as the year during this era that was the most that the most unpredictable things happened. I don't know about you, but I look forward to some days and weeks ahead when we can start living our lives together as families in worship and social gatherings that are able to be held as planned and are attended without any anxiety or fear of exposure or harm. And I believe that day is coming. In the meantime, we continue to plan every event tentative until the last minute when we have confirmation that those participating are in good health and able to attend. As disruptive as the past year has been to this great nation, where we are blessed with the highest income level and standard of living and have the best health care that's ever been known to man, what we are experiencing pales in comparison to what most nations and tribes have always endured is normal living. I almost feel a need to apologize because it seems that even to point, out, point this out implies that we need to be reminded of how fortunate we are as if we had become so accustomed to living the good life that we've developed an entitlement mentality concluding that the fact that we've been thrust into situations of upheaval and uncertainty is somehow unfair to us that our loss of our normal a, a life in which some of us have lived lives of excess and abundance of choice Drives some to want to find someone to blame. The season of Advent helps us to regain our perspective and focus. The scripture readings remind us of what we have to look forward to and of the larger story that our lives are wrapped up in and a part of. In particular, the readings from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, does a good job of doing this. I'm going to back up and start a few verses earlier than the lectionary reading, and be reading from the New Living Translation, starting in verse eight, I'm reading through twenty-four of the fifth chapter, First, Thess- First Thessalonians. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love. And wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose us, for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. I read that verse a few weeks ago from the New American Standard. It says, For God has not destined us to wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing on in verse 10, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil but always try to do good to each other and to all people always be joyful never stop praying be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus do not stifle the Holy Spirit do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, and soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. The word of the Lord. Many biblical scholars believe that the letter that's been given the name of 1 Thessalonians was the earliest book written that's included in the canon of the New Testament. So it's the oldest, the first of the books of the New Testament. We can study Paul's letter to see what he prioritized as he wrote to encourage and strengthen the faith of the new Gentile converts to faith in Christ. There are many things that can be learned from a close reading of the epistle, but the one thing that I want to point out today is the emphasis placed on Paul's effort to help the new believers remember. To not forget what they had already learned and experienced during the time that Paul and Silas and Timothy was with them. <clears throat> in the first chapter verses 4 and 5 in the ESV it reads for we know brothers for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the holy spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. So, he's saying that, that Paul and Silas were able to preach the truth with love, but also with a demonstration of the power of God's love, full of conviction. Paul is also comfortable that their behavior, that that their actions while living in Thessalonica would stand up to the most vigorous scrutiny. In verse 5 in the ESV, the phrase that you know is used for the first time in the letter. In this short letter of only five chapters, a total of 89 verses, and, and many of those are very short verses, the phrase you know or or you yourselves know, is used nine different times. Let me pause for a minute and ask us to reflect on the question. What do you know? What do we know with such certainty that when, when we're reminded of it, we don't even question whether or not it's reliable, that it's truthful, In the, the next passage is from chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. <clears throat> At least we are tempted to think that our life has been in vain or or that our nation's history has been in vain or is slipping away. Let us remember the conflict the apostles were faced with as they set out to spread the good news that that a great light has come into the darkness, that the morning star has arisen, that there's a new king, a benevolent, loving, compassionate, and just king that was now ruling over the lives of those who believe. That has not and will not ever change. That is something that we know. In verse 5, verse chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it reads, For we... We never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. During the era of the apostles proclaiming the gospel, it was common for itinerant philosophers and teachers to use their power of rhetoric to evoke great pathos and emotion, often by using fear in order to grow their popularity and to grow their wealth. Not much has changed in that area, has it? Paul points out and reminds the new believers in Thessalonica that he and Silas and Timothy did not behave in that manner. In verses 9 to 11 of the second chapter, he says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blamely was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each of you, and encouraged you in this passage in the verses preceding it Paul uses two very powerful family images in referring to his behavior while living among the believers in Thessalonica of his loving relationship and deep connection with them in the first instance he refers to his, his, his role as being as gentle as a mother nursing her infant And then in the passage I I read as a father, as him treating them as a father would treat his own children. In the fourth fourth chapter in verses 1 and 2 he reads, Finally then brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. In verse 9, same chapter. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. In the first verse of the last chapter. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, we have no need... You have no need to have anything written to you. So, we can uh, see from this brief overview of 1 Thessalonians that there, there are things that we know. There are things that if we take time to recall them, we can affirm with no hesitancy and with no shadow of doubt that we know is true and real and it will bring peace and comfort into our lives so in closing I ask you to think about these things that you know it's this passage from the third chapter reading from the message verses 11 to 13 may our God may God our Father himself and our Master Jesus clear the road to you And may the Master pour on the love so it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you, just as it does from us to you. May you be infused with strength and purity, filled with confidence in the presence of God our Father when our Master Jesus arrives with all his followers. And again, we can go back to chapter 5, verse 24 from the New Living Translation. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Amen. Let's stand together and affirm our common faith in the Nicene Creed.